0: Welcome to Beyond the Shoots, as presented by Parasite Systems. Today is January 2nd, 2024, and I'm your host, Doug Simcox, and I hope that you're enjoying the first days of 2024. Now, this episode we're going to be listening to today was recorded on December 5th in Pervard, New York. BTC was on the road, and this episode is part of what we are calling the Rawhide Ranch Recordings. And sitting at the table with me was my co-host, Mr. Sam Swearingen, a saddle bronc rider, winning the North America Rodeo Commission Championship two times, a stock contractor, a rodeo coach, a mentor, and an all-around guide. Now, around the 20-minute mark, you're going to hear Mr. Pat Tooley's knock on the door. His episode will be one of our next Rawhide Ranch recordings to be released. So Sam and I are talking about the events of rodeo. The rules, the regulations, how to score, things to watch for, maybe shoot procedures, everything from barriers to mark out rules to setting your saddle right and measuring your bronc rein properly. We hope that you enjoy. Um, I wanted to take just a moment and let's run down through the events and talk about some of the rules and some of the best ways to score, and some various things about the events. So let's start with the bareback bronc riding. As an announcer, I always said this was the most wild and rigorous event, the hardest on the body. Um, and talk a little bit about, if you would, Sam, the, the bronc is loaded in the chute, no halter like in the bronc riding. And my job as a competitor is to get my bareback bronc riding rigging on. So, what's my shoot protocol
1: typically? Well, typically, you would uh, set your rigging down on the horse and hook your cinch, or get someone to hook your cinch, Mm -hmm. and which is very simple. They they have what they call a shoot hook. You just reach through and grab it uh, and pull it over. It's usually a light metal you know, real heavy wire or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and some horses do have halters on, Doug. Oh, they do. De- Bronx do. Okay. Just, just depends on their bucking style. Um, sometimes they, if they put it on a bareback horse, it's usually pretty loose and kind of smacks them in the nose and makes them set really? up a little better. Really? Not every horse, you know, okay. probably 30% will put a halter on them. Okay. Uh, but... The most important part about brack rigging is when you pull your rigging, you want to make sure it's square on your back and sucks down the same, I'm, sucks down here, I'm going, okay, pulls down squarely on his back. So usually, you'll pull it from both sides at the same time. Okay. And you want to pull it tight. You know, some of the contractors would gripe and complain back in the day that it, it's too tight, it's too tight, it... I always had the theory, I want it there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if you hang up, it's going to keep you there. Okay. Hang up, which okay. be your hand stuck in the rigging. Okay. Uh, and you're, you're bucked off. and it, It's much better on the animal, if it's tight on their back, than underneath Moving around. Them. Okay. Okay. So.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, but, yeah, it, it's fairly simple. And the flank man will come put the flank on and you... you Put your hand, which uh, in a handhold rigging, uh, which is about like a suitcase handle, mm-hmm. but all designed to take rigorous punishment. Um, it's holding your weight in there, plus the force of the horse bucket. So it's pretty rawhide handle. It gives just a smidge, just enough to keep it from ripping your arm off. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. And the glove fits in there very very snugly um Mm -hmm. they have what they call a bind and they have changed so much in the last five years um now the bind is more in the front and the back of the rigging than on the it used to be along the calluses of your hands yeah yeah, uh, yeah which would hold you in there now it's more on the front and back they have a big nub at the back of their glove that sticks out about a half an inch oh really and so when they do it they'll really put their hand forward to get that nub in there and when they lock it down it's in there
0: okay and it's in there i mean you
1: yeah you're you're tied in there basically yeah Yeah. now it, it helps them hang on to the horse but if you're not doing your basics right and you get bucked off you are in trouble yeah so it, it, it locks you in there, and to unlock it, you know, really got to get your elbow forward. So if, yeah, really push it forward, that'll pop that back of that bind out, and then okay. your hand's break free. And you it, it's on. really a great design compared to the other way of doing it where the calluses were and the whole mm-hmm. way up through your hand. At least you can get out of this a lot quicker. Okay. And grip is important how? Um, well, the grip isn't as important as it used to be okay. because okay. you're kind of locked in there, mm-hmm. but, uh, it, it, yeah, your arm has to be strong, yeah. you know, yeah. not so much for the grip, but for the strength of taking the punishment of the horse. Okay.
0: Yeah. And, and for protective measures or injury measures or whatever, you see a
1: lot of tape around the wrist, up the arm. What they do now, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they used to, fairback riders used to take and uh, tape it in an X cross, you know, bend their elbow and put it in an X so they can't get their arm straight. Um, but with Dalen riding, I learned they make a mold of their arm, send it somewhere, and they make a regular. Like piece, a cast. Like a cast, but it's really? fiberglass that really? fits to their arm. And we'll keep it in a bent fashion, and they just tape that on. Okay. And it's a lot quicker and easier on their body because the tape's going to stretch or break if it's brutal. This and this has a little bit of flexibility, and it moves with the animal. And when he he said, "I got to get a thing for my arm," and it was explaining to me, I never knew anything about it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So. That's one of the things that's changed, and it has allowed the bareback riders to ride so much better,
0: and and reduces injury. Yes. Okay. Because you're not hyperextending your arm. Correct. Okay. Um, now basics of rodeo. Before I go there, before I go there, basics of bareback bronc I should say. Um, you also notice a lot of these guys are wearing the neck collar right. that goes around behind them, supports the back of their head. And always with everybody's riding it right now with a flak jacket or with a vest, rodeo vest, right? Protective yep. vest. Um, so, um, did Dalen ride with the neck guards? Um, he did. Okay. Yeah, he did. Yeah.
1: I gotta imagine whiplash has got to be a thing, huh? You know, I had it happen to me in the bronc riding where I seen stars while I was on their back. While you were on the back and. In the bareback riding, it's got to happen all the time. i seen Dalen get knocked out once while he was riding. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, whiplash is a, a huge, huge thing. Okay. No helmets, still riding with cowboy hats. Still with cowboy hats, and I think that's the right way to go. There, There is no, unless somebody could show me different, I'd mm-hmm. be open-minded to it. But mm-hmm. the weight of that helmet with that kind of jerking on their neck and their, I see. Would, would just... Yeah, I I don't think you could do it. Okay, okay. So
0: I'm on the back of the bronc. I've got my hand in the rigging. I've got my bind set. I'm literally locked in. Now I'm I'm sitting straddling the horse, right, sitting on him in the in the sitting position. What do I do next?
1: Well, yeah, walk your hand up to the rigging as Mm -hmm. far as you can get. You try to get up over top of the rigging with your butt. With yeah. Okay. And uh, that way you can stay. Close to the animal, yeah. Most guys bend their knees up. This is something uh, that's... It was around when I was riding quite a bit. Uh, They used to start on the slats and then swing and hit... Spur the horse out that way, which is a rule, the mark-out rule. Mark-out rule. You have to have your feet in front of the horse's shoulders and first jump out. In contact. In contact. Yeah. And... The way they do it now is they bend their knees up and as that horse moves, they just reach down and put Grab their the feet hold. over their yeah. horse's shoulder. And the idea of that is to pull you down in the rigging so the horse doesn't run away from you. Okay. Leaving there and bucking. Okay. And the markout rule, if I fail to have my feet in
0: that position on that first jump out.
1: Yeah. Nothing else matters.
0: Disqualified. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um and after that, the spurring motion, what, what, what's the official? And let me back up. The priority official, let's say there's two priority officials. Half of the score comes from the Bronc, just like in the bull riding. Half of the score comes from the competitor, the cowboy, the rodeo athlete. Yes. Right? Um, and the judge is going to be looking for what from the Bronc?
1: Um, how high he kicks is the main thing. Mm-hmm. how well he gets off the ground with the front end, mm-hmm. and if he has any change of direction. Mm-hmm. That means if he moves to the left or right through that, more difficult to ride. They, they go on difficulty to ride. Okay. I, I say that, but in the same token, if you have one that goes straight away and just flat jumps and kicks and isn't that difficult, mm-hmm. and you can shine your ride up, mm-hmm. usually you will win compared to somebody that rides one that is hard to ride.
0: That is hard to ride. And the scoring, then, they're looking at the spurring motion of the cowboy, the body position, how well he
1: or she remains in control? Very much. Uh, they, the spurring motion is from the horse's shoulders back to the rigging. To the rigging. You, you want to bring your feet mm-hmm. from from the horse's shoulders back to the rigging. And you want... Your feet to be in the horse's shoulders before he hits the ground. So you want that means you're ahead of the horse, you're in control. You don't want somebody that is counting on their bind and laying off to the side to lock them in where one leg will spur better than the other. You want them to, when that horse hits the ground, they want to be tucked with their chin down, feet up over the point of the horse's shoulders, and When it jumps up, just spur back to the rigging and do it over again in control, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, as best as you can be in control in this event. But uh, staying square in the horse's back really helps the point-wise.
0: Okay. And once the whistle blows, my job is to get back up to the rigging, right? The pickup men are going to be coming up beside me. Yep. And my job is to, number one, get up in a safe
1: position so I'm good and balanced and be able to work my hand out of the rigging. Yes. And, and now it's basically you don't have to work your hand out near as much as you used to if you just got to get that bind cracked from the back. Mm-hmm. So um, there is some guys it takes longer than others, but usually if a horse is still bucking, you can pop that bind. Okay. Um, they come in and take the flank off right away first now most of the time and it can be harder to get that bind because the the kick isn't as high after that i see i see to help to help break that bind
0: so a couple terms we're going to be hearing you're gonna you're gonna hear them say oh he missed him out which means didn't have his feet in position correct that first jump and the way the rule reads once that horse turns and the feet hit his front front feet hit the ground the very first time after he leaves the chutes the feet have to be, the cowboys' feet have to be up in, con, in contact with the horse's shoulder. Uh, if he drops one, if they aren't quite high enough, the proteo official is going to mark him out, or miss him out.
1: Correct. Okay. Yep. And then it's a no score. Yeah. And everything everything's not. The next thing is you can't touch the horse or yourself with your free hand. Okay. Just like the bull riding. Just like the bull riding. Okay. Yeah. And eight seconds. Eight seconds. Okay. Um, and then
0: one of the other terms is going to be the, the horse beat him out,
1: mm-hmm. which means? Well, it usually means he missed him out because the horse could have dropped down and ducked out from underneath him, or else they just wasn't as fast as the horse was. You know? Okay. They were okay. a little behind. And that doesn't happen too often at, the, at this level um, that you're going to see at the NFR. But it it still happens, you know, and even if a horse really rares out of there, you still have to have them, you know, unless, now, unless he follows you somehow, you hit the chute gate, the back of the chute, or something like that, and they can say, okay, it was a free roll. Okay. Or, if the animal stalls or doesn't come out clean. Okay. um, They passed a rule a couple years ago, which I think is smart if one turns out backwards it's an automatic rewrite. okay and you can either take it or not mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah I seen I flanked the horse for Sean Graham at the Dodge Circuit Finals Tim O'Connell had I'd never seen the horse before Sean wasn't there I get a phone call about five minutes before can you go flank the horse and well what do you what's he take what's he do you know just flank him and the horse turned out backwards and you can't flank them because usually the flank goes around the rider's neck, so you let go of it. Okay. okay. And okay. he didn't get a rewrite. Oh wow. They, I don't know if they missed him out or whatever, but I bet yeah, dollars to donuts, that's where that rule came from. Okay. It's an automatic rewrite. It's a good rule. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. And and then terms, and this is going to apply to to the bronc ride and the saddle bronc ride as well.
1: The horse was heavy or a lot of drop. Yeah. Um. Heavy usually means is going forward. Mm-hmm. When, when they kick, they're not setting up and bucking kind of in the same spot. They're moving forward quite a bit, and that's a lot of jerk on the rider's arms, and it's hard to stay in control because mm-hmm. once they get your chin back, mm-hmm. they kind of have their way with you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then a perfect ride is we're watching. Wasn't that
0: long ago the Garrett brothers showed up and hung off the side looking at the lights. Yeah.
1: Still seen as much of that these days? No, 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 uh, hardly at all. Okay. You know, that was a style 30 years ago that really took off and mm-hmm. ran for a little bit cause it could look wild and crazy mm-hmm. and outstanding riders, you know, very athletic wrestling background. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they have gone away from that cause the horses today are so strong that, uh, It's very difficult to do that. And now they sit more square, more Clint Corey style, that I would call it Kenny Phillips, sit in the middle and lift the horses. Because if you don't, um, that horse that knocked Dalen out, uh, Kenny was there that day, and he gave him some advice. He said, you know, when they're that strong, and and Dalen went at them so hard all the time Mm -hmm. that his feet would be back when he should, he said, you got to take short strokes on that horse and keep in control when they're that strong until the end and he said they'll remember the last three drums if you're really spurring them then Mm -hmm. that's when you'll get your points okay they might forget about the first three but the last three they'll remember i understand okay okay and then did we talk drop no um drop is when a horse gets out there and hangs in the air and then throws that front end down and you can see ones that buck just, are just bucking, but you can really tell when one's dropping that front end, really drops it out from underneath them okay. and leaves them hanging.
0: <laughs> Adds a lot to degree of difficulty. You're going to get credit for it? You should,
1: yes. Okay. Judges
0: will pick that up. Yeah. Okay. And the, we got ten, the 15 best riders in the world going to be there opening night and for the 10-day run. What kind of scores should we see? And I know they have different pens, depending on the night. Okay, so the rough night, which is
1: typically the second night, I think, and I know it alternates. Yeah, they call that the eliminator pen. Okay, and it does eliminate a lot of guys because these are the horses that the guys don't want to get on. They don't, you know, they're not rider friendly at all. They they're eliminators. They'll take you out of it. That is. Typically, the highest marked rides of the weekend and the lowest marked rides, because you can't make the spur ride on some of those horses to get the high marking. There's one or two guys that might can make a great spur ride on a very difficult horse, so they might be the echelon of scores. Okay, but also you'll see in the seventies and like that because they we're just hanging on to get there. Yeah. save their life. Okay.
0: And while there are 10 rounds, <clears throat> and this is true of all the events we're going to be talking about, while there are 10 rounds, certainly I want to go round check, but I'm also riding for what's called the average, the cumulative score over those 10 rounds. And that pays big money if
1: I win the NFR average. Yeah. And that's something that you shouldn't look at in my opinion Mm -hmm. because you can look ahead and uh forget about what you have at hand okay uh but it will take care of itself if you take care of your your horses yeah and and what kind of then they have the
0: tv pen which are the ones where the guys get to really show off they fit
1: well yeah these are what they call the rider friendly horses that uh just jump and kick, just what you want, making, you know, 23, 24 point spur ride. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they give out many 25s, but today's world they could because these guys are so incredibly talented. So in they do. we're going to see scores primarily in the 80s, 80s, and 90s. There'll we'll be some low 90s because, we'll we, okay. uh, you know, if one really sets up and shows off, it, uh, yeah. You know, High 80s, low 90s. Low low 90s, okay. So let's shift to, let's say in the horse ridings,
0: uh, let's go to the saddle bronc riding. All the same, all the same rules apply, eight seconds, uh, ride with one hand, but now instead of being locked into a rigging, I've got a hold of a bronc crane. Mm-hmm. So set me up in the chute. They run the horse in, may or may not have a halter on based on the horse that comes in, but my job is to make sure it's got a halter before he leaves the bucket
1: shoot. Yeah. The, usually, they come in without a halter. You okay. put, You get a halter from the stock contractor, and it has their brand on the halter. And you put your rein on it and put it on the horse. Sometimes that's a challenge, especially mm-hmm. on young horses. There won't be any of those there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have to put your saddle on. And there's a procedure that I always went through, you know, um, when it was time to get the halter on. I'd take the saddle, and I'd set it on his back, standing up, and then just ease it down on him. Move slow. without All these horses are broncs. And Mm -hmm. the slower you go, the more confident it is for them and you because uh, they just feel more at ease. Mm -hmm. And uh, to pull it down the same way, uh, two people, not everybody does, but uh, a person on each side just kind of pulling it down square on their back. The hardest thing is to... Well, in the old days, the hardest thing was to, if it was a huge horse, keep it up where when the horse left there, the saddle wouldn't slide back. Mm -hmm. If the saddle slides back, everything tightens up and you can't get to the front end very good. I see. So um, you want it tight enough and to hold it up over that where you set it on the horse so it'll stay there. Mm -hmm. You measure your stirrup length over the horse's neck, you know, uh, about a half a stirrup quarter of a stirrup over so when you mark them out back to the bareback riding thing um you're not past the horse's neck you you make a usable mark out to pull you down into that saddle i see okay okay um and after i get my saddle set and and uh tighter versus looser based on the horse uh yes back cinch back cinch um i i always pulled my front cinch tight Mm -hmm. Um, some contractors didn't like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Jim Zinger was the most vocal one about it. Was it? And okay. he had the monsters, that <laughs> you needed it. But always, I always considered the bigger the horse, the looser the back cinch, and if it was a smaller horse that didn't have a lot of power, I might put a little more in them to help me get that action. The, the theory behind there is, if that horse is big and it hits the ground, that saddle will pick up a little bit, mm-hmm. let some of that power go somewhere, mm-hmm. and it go between the horse and the saddle. If everything's tight, it's like a tied onto a rock that hits the ground. Oof. Okay. But if it moves a little bit, it makes it a little easier. So, got your saddle set, Sam.
0: Now, talk about measuring the bronc ring. We're going to see these guys. They they're in the chutes. They got
1: somebody on the head. Yeah, they they'll have somebody on the head holding the heads straight with the neck so it's not bent over sideways so that it stays right in there. And uh then you'll see the contestant will take the buck rein and pull it back and most of the time stick his thumb out and get what they call an average. Mm-hmm. That's what they think the horse takes now. Mm-hmm today's world it's a little different when the average was normal just uh, your hand and your thumb stuck out a lot of these horses now you'll see them take and give them a double average it'll be their other hand and thumb stuck out and four. you know it's getting to that breeding program that um, make you know it's different and it 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 takes away some of the dr- Degree of difficulty. The mm-hmm. lower the horse's head, the easier it is to ride. Them. Really? Yeah.
0: Okay. And and how do I know how much rain to give him And what happens first off
1: if I don't give them enough rain? If you don't give them enough rain, it's uh, usually out the back. It's kind of the opposite of what everybody would think. You okay. think it's over the front. Well, to go over the front, you got to be pulling. I see. And uh, if if you give them too much rain. Yeah, you're, you're trying to get it tight, so you're going up over the front usually. So you're, lift, you're lifting or pulling, trying to get the slack out of the okay. ring. Okay. The back, they'll jerk you forward and then sling you backwards. How do I know how much rein to give them? Well, um, the contestants know, especially every horse that's at the NFR. They'll, they've got a book on them. They know what to do. Does that always mean it's right? Not always, but ninety percent of the time they're, they're close. They'll they'll ask if they've never been on the horse before. You know, what do you give them? And okay, ask the contractor even. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, um, and then the you're you're sitting on them. You got uh, what's your
1: procedure at that point? You've climbed over, you've quietly dropped on. Yes. Uh, well, before that, when mm. I first climb over, I'll put step my foot in the horse's in the saddle. Okay. You know and just put a little weight on it let them know okay here i come okay you know nothing crazy you know you mm-hmm. just put a little weight in there here i come you sit down mm-hmm. and uh then i'll get my stirrups and i want to do it myself because somebody comes and stick their hand in trying to help you and that scares the horse you know mm-hmm. uh, so we want to get the stirrups i i did did it myself mm-hmm. and um and you get your feet in the right position to mark them out. Okay.
0: And pull them back to the cinch, typically? What are we going to see in the shoot this year?
1: Yeah. Um, I always pull them back to the cinch area a little bit behind. I wanted to pull them back, so I had a little pressure on them to help me go forward. Okay. And some people, I'm noticing, I get way back. I don't know how you would. or it's way back. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's their, their okay. style, and that's okay. I would go typically pass the cinch a little bit and then i it was easier to mark them out
0: for me. then how are you handling your rein the horse's head is up um before you nod your head
1: yeah um you want to keep some tension on the rein. okay uh or at least as soon as they move, get some tension to help you stay down in the saddle. Mm -hmm. And it's not a pulling motion. Mm -hmm. Uh, The physics of it, if you pull on your rein, it's going to throw you over the front. Mm -hmm. If you lift on the rein and lift it up, it should put you down in the saddle. I see. So
0: lift, like taking a weight, free arm, free handed uh, for our listeners. So if my arm is extended... Mm -hmm. Out in front of me. And I put five pounds of weight on it. I'm lifting through my shoulder more than I'm lifting to pull back. I'm not pulling back like I'm pulling on a rope. No. I'm lifting it
1: up in the air. Correct. And, yeah, you want to lift with your shoulder. Some people elbow out. I always, on really nice horses, I would get pictures with my elbow out because it was easy to do. But Rank ones, I wanted my elbow in. And lift towards my left ear. I rode right-handed. To put you down square into the saddle. I see. And then as you're lifting, is that so? With your
0: elbow in, you're you're flexing your arm up, your hand up.
1: Correct. And I say elbow in. It's just more across the body. I see. It's really not I see. in. Okay. When I teach the young guys, I say elbow in, and they'll be like you just did. Yeah. No, that, that's not. It's across the body with a fluid motion. Right. Did you want
0: the rein always in contact with the Bronx neck, if possible? If possible. Okay. And uh, spurring motion, so from the back of the saddle to the front. First off,
1: we got to get out on that first jump, mark-out rule. Yeah, mark-out rule is the same. Uh, feet have to be over the horse's shoulder in contact Uh, When he hits the ground, the same rules. If one turns out backwards, if one stalls, um, you'll see. Now they have a back judge at these rodeos, these bigger rodeos, which is such a great idea because the judges out front can't see if the horse follows them. And uh, that back judge uh, can say, oh, he followed him, he gets a free roll.
0: Okay, okay. And then the spur in motion, uh, from from the very first time he puts those front feet on the on the arena floor, I've got my feet up in position. I'm held in position, and then we go from there.
1: Yeah, if, if your feet are up in the position where you marked them out, then you want to do that same scenario over till the eight seconds. Okay. Back from the back of the saddle to the up above the neck, same same thing easy to say hard to do hard to do
0: spur in motion so but it may come all the way up by my seat of my saddle when that horse is breaking over yeah and that's not a good day not
1: (laughs) you don't don't want to sit on a on a spur do you no you don't want to sit on a spur or a foot or anything yeah they're, they're coming back up over the back of that saddle there's a lot of things that can happen you can definitely sit on a foot and it'll 90% 90% of the time, throw you right out of there. Mm-hmm. Or even if not, as you're going forward, you're catching that saddle and it's slowing you down. I see. So, uh, I see. And on- either the horse has an extremely lot of drop or your saddle's not just right. And it's such a fine line adjusting these saddles to get them just right. Okay. And when you say adjusting them, the binds and how much pressure is on your legs when they go back? Yeah, they got two sets of binds on these saddles. Uh, front bind and what they call quarter bind, which is under the seat that uh, shortens up your your stirrup stroke with the quarter bind and the front bind makes it tighter for your going forward to the front of the horse. Okay. Too tight, though, and you're bound up and you can't get there. Too loose, and you're going back over the back of your saddle.
0: So when I get behind on a bronc, one of these NFR broncs? Big trouble. Big trouble. Yeah. Hard to pick back up?
1: Yeah, unless they, you know, unless you're really... it's very difficult when they're bucking that hard you can almost see it when they're bucking that hard it's so hard to catch back up yeah so riding a horse like that at this caliber we're talking
0: we're going to see thursday night riding horses like this spur ride makes
1: it easier or harder spur rides the only way to do it the only way the only way, because if you don't do it, you're going to get bucked off, this okay. caliber horse. Okay. Going to, you know, it helps take the power away? You're just you're just in rhythm? It makes everything easier. Okay. Everything. Okay. And I say you're not going to ride them. They, they do hang on to something yeah. like that. You're not going to place. You know, the the one rule that's different in the bareback riding and saddle bronc riding is uh, you're supposed to use dry rosin on your saddle and only dry rosin. Uh, I think it is a thing of the past. Yeah but it uh yeah. that's a rule but when you wrote it was it was dry rosin like a pitcher uses out on the mouth right i'm not saying that's all i ever used but that was the rule
0: that was the official <laughs> that's all i ever used yeah yeah <laughs> do as i say <laughs> the pens right the eliminator pen
1: mm-hmm.
0: hard to ride hard to track gonna really test these guys good rides gonna be worth what
1: It'll be just like the bareback ride. Great great rides, 90 plus, and there will be some of those. Okay. And there will be some 60s probably because these horses will be so out of line, so hard to get there on that Mm -hmm. they can't spur them, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And a few guys will make the whistle just just by try. Mm -hmm. And TV pens, same as the Bronx uh, barebacks? Yeah. The TV pens are what you go to bed for and wake up in the morning dreaming of. Okay okay um and
0: what kind of scores and they usually place out of the 15 is it six places each round yes what do i what had i better count
1: on being night after night to be in the money point wise i would say probably bottom of the pay window would be 85 85 will be the bottom yeah wow okay okay
0: So let's talk a little bit while we're on rough stock. Talk a little bit about the draw, Sam. Um, I know there's all kinds of concepts here and I know it depends on the rules that are followed. Uh, The NFR is put on by the PRCA, Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association. Um, So talk a little bit about what you know about how they
1: draw. Well, at the NFR, Mm -hmm. um, they have five pens of horses. Horses will go twice unless they're in a rewrite pen, and they'll only go once. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they are set to the way they buck. They try to make it as even as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, at a regular rodeo, the pens are set up. You can set your pens in the PRCA to a certain degree, and uh, then you can feature so many animals, too, that have to go if the So the computer, when they're drawn out in Colorado Springs, those ones will have to go in the draw and come out. Um, And that's all done in the PRCA through Colorado Springs, the association. You send a list of horses in, which ones you want on which day, and which ones you feature, and they're drawn there. So the contestants can go online and see what they got ahead of time, if they want to come or not. Okay. Okay.
0: All right, and all the the broncs, and we're talking Bronx, and all the rough stock riding,
1: all drawn at random by the pro rodeo officials, right? Yes, at, at any rodeo, whether it's PRCA, IPRA, uh, the the rodeo official. Well, Colorado Springs does it computerized, so yeah. I, I don't. The rodeo officials aren't there, that's for sure. Okay. But uh, at other rodeos. they'll go in and draw it ahead of time and it used to be in my day they drew the whole weekend before it went now they've got a little smarter in case something doesn't go or for a, a reason they draw each day most associations and you can put that animal back in instead of bringing them for no reason okay
0: all right, Sam, that wraps up the horse riding. Let's talk about, as long as we're on rough stock riding, let's talk about the bull riding if we can. So we've covered a lot of this um, in some of our PVR events and um, some of our earlier part one and part two rodeo terms. But just a reminder so everybody can hear it here. Eight seconds for a bull ride. Um, let, me, let me make sure I can get this. Um, one hand in the bull rope. Cannot touch yourself or the bull with your free arm. If you do, you're going to be disqualified. correct. Uh, going to be judged based on half the score again from the bull, how well the bull ride, how, how well the bull bucks, might spin uh, difficulties that are thrown at the cowboy, and then half of the score from the cowboy. And I know there's kind of a contradiction as these guys watch, especially when you watch somebody like Daylen. We're going to see Cowboys at the NFR they're going to be doing this. So, so the more in control I am, the higher I'm marked. Correct. Yet, if I open up and expose myself by spurring with a foot, that's really increasing the probability of me being bucked off. But they still like that because they're like, okay, you expose yourself, it's worth more points.
1: Yeah. Um, you expose yourself, you're more in control uh sometimes it's out of necessity but it, it uh spurn one should get you extra points and quite a bit extra
0: okay okay and um shoot procedure we've talked about this you're going to put your rope on they're going to run the bull in the flank strap will be put on by the mm-hmm. the flankman the, the the contractor that owns the bull correct um somebody's going to help me hook my bull rope get it get it and I might adjust my bull rope that knot that that allows it to decrease or increase the diameter of the rope.
1: Yeah, there uh, there's a knot on the rope that you you make and it forms a, a circle or to slide the end of the rope through and then you pull it tight around the bowl mm-hmm. and uh, then adjust to the size of the bowl. You know, yeah. if uh, there there isn't. You know, basically like the horse ridings, you, you can't touch the bull or yourself. Mm-hmm. And there is a rule that you cannot have your knot leaving the chute. Cannot what? Have your knot. So some people, and it doesn't happen that much now, but if they set that knot so that they can catch it leaving the chute.
0: With their spur.
1: With their spur. And okay. pull them down into the bull. Um that's considered cheating okay you're gonna be and, disqualified pardon in that case you're going to be disqualified right now you can catch it out in the arena okay as you're riding okay and some people do okay but uh, yeah that that's a rule that a lot of people don't know about that okay. uh, you can be disqualified for catching your have it's not catching having your knots before you leave the shoot mm-hmm. ha- so your spurs in the rope before you leave the shoot
0: okay. Okay. And coming up for for the NFR, and we're going to be talking about this, um, all all the Cowboys we are going to see wearing helmets and, and of course, vests?
1: Uh, probably not all wearing helmets. Okay. Um, okay. Most of them, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there will be some people that uh, haven't done it from a young age and don't want to do it and fight it, which... You know, I understand why they don't, but I don't understand why they right, don't. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. They can tell me all day long, well, I'm not used to it and the weight and all that. Well, I get that, but mm-hmm. your life's a little more important than right. than that.
0: Yeah. So. Okay. And like the like the horse ridings, the bulls are drawn at random, pens are set, the PRCA for the NFR is going to be drawing them. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else on bull riding before we move to the timed events?
1: Um, no, I, I think the only thing, like if one stumbles or okay. goes down, they can get a re-ride, mm-hmm. hits the chute leaving there. It, it's kind of all like the horses. If they follow themselves, you get a re-ride okay. Okay. there. Okay,
0: And scores now, and, and, I, and I'm moving too fast here, but scores, um, again, you're going to have the eliminator pen. And you're going to have the TV pen. So, Eliminator pen, what's going to make an, a bull go into the Eliminator pen? What's that bull
1: probably going to be doing? They probably don't know what he's going to be okay. doing. Okay, okay. That, that's kind of the thing. They'll do whatever it takes to get them off their back. Okay, um, okay. They might turn back, spin one way, and if you're still there, jump out, go the other way, leap, duck around a corner, you know they they want to shake you they want to shake you okay
0: and and for the tv pen the good watching um like we're seeing in the pbr those those kind of bulls that you
1: know the the nice to rides is that a good way to put them well the no they won't be of that caliber for the tv pen okay you know okay there'll be a notch down they from what you see in the pbr okay definitely won't be what you see in the short go of the pbr right now that would be an eliminator pen that Just would be right buck and bulls okay
0: yeah. and if i ride a rank buck and bull hard to ride we use the word rank hard to ride eliminator meaning to eliminate
1: me from this go-round win what what am i going to get scored well, it, it's kind of like the horse ridings. If if it looks good and you sit in the middle and stuff, you're going to be in the 90s. Okay. And if not, if you're hanging off to the side when the whistle blows, it's going to drop you astronomically. Yeah. the same way with the horses. It's, it's hard to get there, and sometimes you just do whatever it takes to get there. And usually, you know, if they ride four bulls in a rank pen, that's quite a few. Sometimes they ride one, sometimes they... Right, six, but okay. four is quite a few in the rank pen. Okay, all right.
0: Um, or the Eliminators. Eliminators. And then, then the TV pen, the nice watch and the show-off show, on, show off stuff. Um, what we you see for average scores there?
1: Mid-80s uh, mid, uh, mid 80s to low 90s. Okay, okay, okay. A lot depends on the ROB, which they call rider over bull. Yeah. And uh, sometimes it can get pretty good if they're just what they want into their hand where they can show off. You bet.
0: Spurring them. And spurring. So when Sam's talking about uh, riding into your hand, remember if I'm a left-handed bull rider and the bull spins to the left, that's called into my hand. He's spinning in my direction. And typically uh, you'll watch these cowboys in that right or that left-hand spinning bull. You'll watch the bull rider's right leg open up and uh he'll you'll see you'll see uh, a lot of spurring action as he as that bull comes around do we cover that right sam i think so okay yep. okay so let's go to the timed event and uh we're going to cover the steer wrestling we're going to talk team roping and talk to a tie down rope and that sort of thing what's unique about the timed event draw still drawn at random correct for the competitors what else? What else do we need to know about to draw?
1: Well, the big difference with the timed event draw, I think, in pretty much every association, is everything has to go once before anything goes twice. Okay. And it, if it's turned out and drawn, that's considered gone. Okay. You know, it's considered run.
0: Still used. Okay. Right. Okay.
1: And even though it wasn't. Okay. It's still considered used. Okay. And places like the finals and things like that. Um, All PRC rodeos have extras, but at the finals, they have to, after the rodeo's over and things are shut down, they run the extra to get a trip on them just like they were in the draw. Really? Yeah. Okay. It'll be, they, they have somebody come in just to run the extras. Really? Yeah. Okay. And that'll ensure that everything gets
0: run through, and then it all starts again the next, like at a regular rodeo, let's say I have 15- Calves uh-huh. in my pen. Um, I've got ten calf ropers. Right. Friday night we're going to run ten. The next day we got to in the next performance we got to run the the last five
1: first. Correct. Right. Then we put all fifteen back into the pen. No. No. You run the next five first. Yeah. And then you put the other ten in. That- went yesterday okay that way you're not running I two had the same I, that makes sense that makes sense so my pot's always 15 if you will
0: correct and then it just again until everything runs the same numbers that
1: that batch is carried over to the next day at a normal rodeo right it, 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 uh, at a rodeo where there's less than 15 guys of performance you bet. Um, now some of the big rodeos they might have 100 head of cattle. And all hundred have to go before you go back again for the next one.
0: Okay, all right. So let's let's go to let's go to the first time event uh, time event, and this typically will follow the bareback riding, I believe, in the order of events uh, to the steer wrestling, the big men of rodeo. Correct. And in previous episodes, we we had a long conversation with. Dale Yerrigan, he shared a lot of the basics and a lot of the intricacies of it. But just real quickly, we got a barrier, right? All timed events, whether it's team roping, tie down, calf roping, uh, steer wrestling, we have a barrier that uh, is used. Its main intention is to give a head start
1: to the steer of the calf. Correct. And it's kind of like... It's very difficult to explain uh, for for somebody that's not around it. It's even hard to see how it works when you're around it. Um, they have a necklace that goes around the calf or the steer's neck, mm-hmm. and it's tied to another rope that uh, goes down to a pin mm-hmm. that goes inside a ring mm-hmm. on the chute gate. Then mm-hmm. they pull the rope across the front of the horse. Mm-hmm. And put that pin in that hooks to that neck rope and to a little eyelet, uh, which we call the tail. Okay. The pigtail. Yeah. And and that's about six inches long. Okay. It's tied to the long rope across in front of the horse. In front of the horse. Right. Okay. So the idea is it has a little light like kite string or maybe meat packing string that's very light Mm -hmm. tied on to the calf or the steer Mm -hmm. around the calf or steer's neck Mm -hmm. that when it gets out according to the length of the arena Mm -hmm. in the box the Mm -hmm. depth of the box Mm -hmm. say there's a 15 foot score that means the steer gets out 15 foot in front of the horse okay so that rope around their neck will be 15 foot long Mm -hmm. and if it breaks the string off the steer mm-hmm. it pulls that pin mm-hmm. and it's he, he got out of the barrier he's good he's good now okay. if the horse goes before yep. that string breaks off the steer's neck yep. the horse breaks it at the pigtail yep. and it just falls onto the ground yeah now a rule with that mm-hmm. it's very simple when that's what happens it just falls straight down boom no, no big deal. But the rule also says if that lands eight feet further than the box, it's a clean get-out. Even though I broke the barrier? Even you broke the pigtail. Pigtail. But what usually happens, and this is a great rule, it could check catch. After you got out on the breast collar of the horse. I see. Wrap around the horse's leg. That means you did, pushed it really hard. Yeah, yeah. And then it would break away and throw it away, farther away from the chute. Okay. So, that's... If
0: it's eight feet away from the front of the chute... Yeah. Right? Then
1: it's not considered broken. Correct. Have you seen this in real life? Oh, yeah. Many times. Many times. If you ever... Not many times, but I've seen it ten, fifteen times. Really? maybe fifty times in my life. Really? Because I've been doing it a long time. Yeah. Old, old guy. Yeah. But if uh, you see the judges grab a tape measure and go out and they'll measure to where that pigtail is away from the shoot. You know, sometimes it's far enough away you don't have to even worry about it. But uh, yeah. I'll be darned. Did not know that. And if I break the
0: barrier, which means I fail to give the head start to the calf or the steer, I'm assessed ten second a ten second penalty. Correct. Okay. So if if um, if I need to be a four flat or better in the steer wrestling, to place in the round, remember it's top six, I believe, in the, yeah. in the money. To I, if anything, plus ten odds are
1: I'm out. And you know. Especially like at Vegas, mm-hmm. plus ten you're you're out. But if you're not thinking you're a plus ten, you're still probably out because you got to run at it so hard. Yeah. To get it's such a fine line because everybody's so good. If mm-hmm. if you don't try, you mm-hmm. know, if you give that steer an extra foot from what the barrier is, you're late mm-hmm. and you're not going to do good. So. You know, when you see these steer wrestlers or calf ropers, when they're done, look back because they didn't know whether they got out or not. And that, that shows the competitiveness I see. of what it is. Yeah. You know, you worry yeah. about it later. Not that you can do it after you're out there. Do your job, finish yeah. it, yep. and see what happens. Okay. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, and so let's talk about
0: flagging the steer. So I've got a Hazer. Remember, he's going to be on my right-hand side to our listeners. We've got the steer between me, the dogger, the, the bulldogger, and the Hazer. Um, Hazer's job is keep that steer running in a straight line. My job is to get to that steer as quickly as I can, drop down, catch a horn, probably go to his nose, throw him down, right, bulldog him. Yep. And what are the rule, what's the rule book say about when the flagman, and he's out on horseback, Correct. The judge is right out there where he can see everything very
1: clearly. Yeah, um, and there are several rules in this. To get the flag, the steer has to be all four feet in the same direction. Okay, and it's the head. Mm-hmm. Um, if the steer gets knocked down mm-hmm. and it just rolls over, you have to let him get up and rethrow him. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. You can't hit him and knock him down and then grab his nose and throw him. I see. He's got to be. Yeah. He's got to be up before you can throw him. Correct. Okay. If, if you leave it there, it's a no time. Okay. And also, you have to have a hand on the steer when you throw him. So, sometimes you think, oh, that, that's, that's crazy, you know. Of course, they're going to have a hand on the steer. Well, if a steer's coming around really fast and you throw him, and he gets away from you. If he flies out away from you, you could not have a hand on him. I see. And there was a huge controversy and with uh, Branquino, Luke okay. Branquino. Yeah, yeah. He he was going for a world championship, and he threw the steer. And when he threw him, he threw him way away from him. And they flagged him out so he didn't have a hand on him. Well, when you watch the video, he did. Okay. His okay. hand, just one hand was... Touching it when when he threw him, so he probably lost a world championship because really? of that. Okay, and therefore I am saying right here, right now, yeah, that the PRCA needs to get their stuff together, yeah. and get instant replay. You bet. People go all year long. Yep. In a stupid call. Yep. It's a judgment call. Sure. But if they would have had instant replay, he'd have probably been another world champion that you year. You bet. You bet. You know. And that's only fair. You you don't want to win by not being right, and you don't want to lose by not being right. Right, right, right. Yeah, good point, good point. So the flagman's
0: going to gonna drop his flag. There's actually a timer sitting in the announcer's booth, in the booth. And when does she start this,
1: the, the watch, and when oh. does she stop the watch? Okay, there's two timers. Okay, yeah. And they... There is a flag on the front of the barrier. Okay. When that breaks. When it moves. Yeah. Okay. That's when they start to watch. Okay. And when the flagman, the judge drops his flag, that's when they stop it. Okay. Then they add both times together and divide it by two. And average it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. That makes sense. That makes perfect
0: sense. And um, at the NFR, it's all by eye and all by hand. The timing, yes. Okay. Are we hearing anything different that
1: that might be changing over time? Never heard anything. Never. And and I don't know how you could, you know, because how are you going to get the start it? Started? I'm sure yeah. they could make it start. Yeah. Perfectly. Yeah. But stopping it. Yeah. You know that's kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but if
0: and and I just think of all the things, boy, your flagman's got to be super consistent.
1: Super consistent, and they usually are. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, if there's a lag underneath them, they don't get a flag until it's. That's what they're looking for. Yeah, and they When I judged and flagged a little bit, I didn't like it. But when I did, I was always very kind of slow. Okay, because it was like, okay, it's good. Okay, and as long as you did that on every one, everyone, everyone it make a who difference. cares, you bet. Yeah. As long as you're consistent. And it's hard to do that when somebody is really making a heck of a fast run, and then it's like, oh wow, yeah, yeah, oh, okay, they're good. And
0: and I mean that's what this is going to be, right? You're going to have you're going to have 15 guys running so incredibly hard that to be consistent is so important because you could see a sub four second run at the NFR.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, all the time, all the time, yeah. Every, yeah. every probably every round there will be a sub seconds
0: like and that. we're a tenth and they just go to tenths of seconds right right so if i'm a three seven and you're three seven we tie correct okay um where a tenth of a second makes a difference between winning first or winning second in some cases winning first or winning fourth because you had three people come out in that 3.7 yep. second run mm-hmm. um at, that's just got to be nerve-wracking and
1: it's just got to be super 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 consistent you know, and I'd like to see them go to hundreds. Yeah, because there is so many that are so close. You know, that yeah. would split it up a little better. Yeah, but uh, you're talking a hundredths of a second too. You know, if you ever played the stopwatch game and tried yeah. to hit yeah. it, you know, it's hard to do it under seven one hundredths of a second. Oh, for sure absolutely no, i absolutely. got it down to four but it was almost did you like really? how the heck did you do it yeah do Could it again get close again
0: yeah do it again yeah yeah let's yeah. try to repeat that and your judges your pro officials are there's there's you're going to see a pro official back at the barrier he's going to be on the ground yeah he's going to be monitoring that barrier he's going to know very quickly if something's broke and then you've got your other official up on horseback in a position where he can see the throw, see all four legs, and do and, uh, and drop the flag when it's appropriate. Correct. Okay. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, let's move to team roping. So, this is the only event in sport of rodeo where there's a team. Wrestling, it takes a team to get it done, meaning a hazer. But in team roping, you are running for two different world championships. If I'm a header, describe what a header
1: is Sam well the header is the guy behind the barrier mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. and uh, he has to he's kind of the quarterback of the whole thing sets it all up he has to rope the horns the half head or the whole head that's the only three legal catches okay in the head inside and then he turns the steer off hopefully um, Without weapon real bad in the back end, and it hops off where the healer has good timing mm-hmm. to rope mm-hmm. the back feet of the steer.
0: Okay. Now, when the header makes a catch, the rope is not attached to the saddle in any way at that point. I mean, he literally steps up on his horse with his entire lariat. Correct. And after he makes a catch, he will dally off around the saddle horn, depending on where that steer is in relationship to his horse. Right.
1: Right. Yeah, and it's called dally team roping for a reason because yeah. you have to rope it and dally around the horn and turn the steer off, and uh, the healer has to come and rope, hopefully back both back feet, and then he has to dally off. They have to turn and face each other in a nine, a seven, an L or better position. Okay to get the flag so the ropers after they after i catch the head i'm going to turn
0: around and face you after you make the catch with the heels you're going to tighten him up you're going to be facing me so we're facing each other with the steer in between us more or less to that l position you talked about and we're going to stretch that steer just a little
1: bit yeah you're gonna stretch the steer out for dr Mm -hmm. or brandon that's basically the thing now Everything was really close in there, Doug, but the header ropes the steer, turns off, and then the heeler ropes the heels, and the header does not turn until it comes tight on really? the rope. Okay. Because if he does, the leg will drop out. I see. You know, if he turns too quick, something's going to yeah. get loose instead of get tight. So it's talking about a leg dropping out,
0: thanks for that correction of the positioning of the, of the header.
1: What happens if I only catch one leg? It's a five-second penalty. Five seconds. Yeah, so you can have a total of 15-second penalties in the team roping. Right. Ten-second barrier, five-second leg. Okay, okay. And dallying.
0: these guys wear gloves. Some do, some don't. Some do, some don't. Um, You've team roped a bit. Potential injuries, getting thumbs and fingers in between that rope and that saddle horn? Yeah,
1: yeah. It happens to quite a bit. You don't hear of it like you used to because I think everybody now has worked at it so hard. When I was down at uh, Speedy Williams' house in Florida, they had a thing, and I said, what is that? And they made a belt with a little wood ping and a saddle horn on the front that you could run Mm -hmm. away and practice dallying. A guy would take the rope and pull it away and then just practice dallying without worrying about happening Mm -hmm. and then i seen later on that they had them for sale at one of the stores that made it look like a front of the saddle and a horn Mm -hmm. and uh, you had a belt and you tightened it up and Mm -hmm. you practiced alien
0: okay okay and if i'm a team roper um can i usually good team ropers do i have a specialty or can i meaning am i
1: typically a header or typically a healer you know I thought it was typically you did one or the other, and when I was growing up, I never wanted to heal because I didn't want to mess my head up. It's two different swings. It's, it's completely different. Is it? Completely okay. different. Okay. But these guys, a lot of them switch ends. They, they are just so talented. They can, mm-hmm. they can move around, and it doesn't matter to them. You know, yeah. When they back in the box, their mind goes to heading, or they back in the box, their mind goes to healing, and they're very good you bet. at both. You bet. And
0: the money, uh, the money at uh, a rodeo like Attica, uh, I can enter, as a team roper, I can enter twice.
1: In some associations. Okay. In the PRCA, you cannot. You cannot? No. Okay. You can only enter once. Okay. Uh, A lot of the associations, you can enter twice, Mm -hmm. but you either have to trade, change partners Mm -hmm. or switch ends. Switch
0: ends, which means if uh, you and I are going to rope together. Great. I say, first run, I'll be the header; you be the healer. Second run, we're going to switch positions, switch ends. Correct. You're going to be the header. I'm going to be the healer, and somebody else is going to pocket all the money. And probably so. <laughs> <laughs> probably so. Have you seen uh, as as you bring that up? Have you ever seen that happen in real life, where two guys switch position and they happen to win first and second, yes. or? Train partners and win first and second. Yes, quite, okay. quite often. Quite often. Really good that they, they, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, okay, on the team roping. Is there anything else we missed on the uh, team? Roping?
1: Only other, there's a rule in there. Yeah. Boy, we're coming up with little rules all mm-hmm. over the place. Mm-hmm. There's a rule in there called the crossfire rule. Crossfire. Okay. Okay. That means the header ropes the steer, and he has to be in tow behind the heading horse. Before the healer can rope the feet, so if the healer if the header ropes the steer and dallies, and the healer comes in and ropes it before it is turned completely off and in tow, that's a no time. That's a no time. That's a no time. That's a call to crossfire. Called a crossfire. Very
0: judgment. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will we see that the NFR? These guys are beyond that.
1: No, no, you, you 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 because the pressure is so good and they're and moving it, so fast, yeah, and, and it's the judge, yeah. you know, yeah, um they got somebody last year, I remember, and really I kept of course, I had the thing of watching it slow down and all this stuff. We can all say the judges are what they are, yeah, but it's a tough, tough deal, yeah, and uh yeah, we uh you could very well see the crossfire, and now a couple things I wanted to say. Like the WCRA, which is another, it's not an association, but a group of uh, investors or something investing in the rodeo. I mm-hmm. really don't know. Mm-hmm. But they do not have a crossfire rule. Okay. You can do that. Okay. Um, going back to the rough stock, your markout rule is not a disqualification. It's a five-second penalty. Five s- Or five, five points. Five-point five point penalty. Okay. Okay. And a broken barrier is a five-second penalty not instead ten. of ten. Okay, so
0: what do you think of that? What do you think of the plus five for the bronc riding, for the horse ridings?
1: You know, I I wish if they're not going to have instant replay where you can do it, they'd do away with that because it is so controversial. Okay. okay. Um, it, I, was, I was old school. You got to mark them out. You got to do this. You bet. But when you watch, I watch somebody lose the world by... They said he missed them out, and there wasn't Man. no way. Yeah. You know, they worked their whole year to yeah. get where – their whole yeah. life, no, not just their whole year, to get yeah. there. Yeah, And they got beat by a, a bad judgment call. A bad judgment call. And I know
0: the IFAR. We're, we're, we've talked about the International Finals Rodeo in January. For the first time ever, Is going to have the instant replay, instant recall replay, right? Yeah. So where I can, the way I'm understanding, when we talk to Dale – I can, if I believe, if they miss me out, I can walk over and hit a button or request
1: that they do a replay. Yes, then I I don't, um, you know, I think it's somewhat just like the PBR where they can go, it might cost them 500 if yep. they hit the button and lose, which yep. anybody's going to spend 500 if your world championship's on the line. You bet. So I think it will carry on to the next level. Um, the IRA is. Step ahead, just trying to help it out, and it's it's such a great idea. You bet. You know, if it doesn't work, it can't hurt you. You Right. Right. If they can't get a inconclusive decision or whatever, it can't hurt you. Yep. It can just you know all it can do is either help you or stay the same. You bet. You bet. No, I'm
0: excited when we go down. I'm excited to see this. I I think it's great. I think it's absolutely great. You've you've shared enough stories. You know, you, you you got bucked off a horse or they no-scored you on a horse that you had done everything right, but you were in a position where the judge said, no, you're bucked off. Even though you had a hold of the bronc grain, you had your feet in the pedals, you had everything you needed, you weren't touching the horse, you should have gotten a qualified ride. And on that instant replay, that instant recall
1: replay, it would have proved that right that you I, would have said. I would have won the truck and won the world. I think Simple sit, as that. You know. Yeah. 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 Not that I still think about it. But. No. Do you think you'd still have that truck? What was that truck? What year I would, was that? I wouldn't still have the truck. I think you it was think 85. So. You don't think you'd still no, have No, because I know me. Yeah. Now, yeah. I would still have the truck. Yeah. But back then, no. I <laughs> you'd use it up. It'd yeah, be it'd used have been up. It'd up uh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. How we learn. How we learn. For sure. Yeah. Uh, then the final timed event uh, is going to be tie down calf roping, mm-hmm. right? Tie down roping. Um, j- draw same thing. We've got the barrier, uh, the same barrier rules. However, the calf roper is going to line up where the dogger lined up and the team roper that set the pace lines up to the left of the livestock to the left of the steer in the calf roping you're going to see the calf roper line up on the right hand side of the of the calf so the calf's going to be to his left side correct right he's going to back in the box he's going to they're going to stretch time event barrier all the same rules same same way of tripping the barrier same way of breaking the barrier
1: um what else um, yeah, it, it's all the same, the barrier situation, um, and these guys are so fast now and so good that they, how they handle their slack it is so important. If they can just hold it and stand out there a little bit and take a lot of the jerk off the calf and take that in there own arm mm-hmm. and it does two things it spins the calf around he's still standing when they get there because if he's not standing they have to get him up cost you time mm-hmm. and it slings you down the rope towards the calf mm-hmm. so now you're instead of five feet in front of the horse you're 10 feet in front of the horse okay and then you're quicker that way too um they have what they call the jerk down rule yeah um, yeah yep. good it, rule Fantastic. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep, yep. I, I, yeah. If we want calf roping, it's you know they're little babies, and mm-hmm. you want to keep them on your on their feet and mm-hmm. be fast. But mm-hmm. sometimes you miss your slack. Sometimes things happen, mm-hmm. and uh, they. It depends on the ground rule whether you're disqualified or mm-hmm. what happens. Mm-hmm. Calgary has gone a step farther, and I really like it. And actually, all of Canada, I think, has gone to this. If you knock them off their feet, mm-hmm. it's a no time. In any way, shape, or form. Any way, shape, or form. Okay. And 99% is intentional or whatever. Mm-hmm. Unintentional, I'm right. sorry. Right. Unintentional. Right. And uh, it's a no time. And uh, also, they're kind of ahead of us in that mm-hmm. area. And, mm-hmm. and the calves have to be worked a lot different and better and mm-hmm. be more prepared for when you do that mm-hmm. because it's uh it, it's harder for the contestants to to do that mm-hmm. and also in the steer wrestling they up in Canada they cannot dog fall if they dog fall if they don't kick straight out um, it's a no time when they
0: when they flank the calf down
1: no in no the steer wrestling oh steer wrestling yeah oh that oh. means if a steer would fall on the wrong side yeah yeah where you'd have to roll them back over they say it's undue pressure on the cattle it's a no time no time
0: in canada yeah okay
1: okay all right another good rule because usually you won't win any money and you're fighting with them yeah so so after i make the catch and i
0: and and you're spot on with these rules i i i'm excited that Canada is leading the way that way um after I make the catch, you're going to see me bail off on the right-hand side of my horse, typically. So, I don't have to get off on the correct side, which is typically the left side, getting on and off of a horse. And the reason for that is I don't want to duck under that rope. I want to be able to
1: get there as quickly as possible, correct? Takes time. Takes time. Takes time. Uh, yeah. Yep. And, like, my son Colton, he roped Kaz and... Uh, he was left-handed, yeah, and yeah. we should have broke his hand and made him rope right-handed when okay. he was young. Okay, uh, okay. but and, and we didn't know enough about it. Yeah, you know, yeah, we got educated through the years with yeah. it, and he roped very well left-handed. Yeah, but by the time he stepped off the left side, ducked under the rope, he was a second longer. Yeah, than yeah. what everybody else was, so now he went to tying left-handed. Okay. So he gets off the left side. Stays on the left stays side. Stays on, on the left side. Flanks on the left Holy side. Flanks on the left side. Holy cow. And uh, he pick up that second in average? You know, he, he didn't stick with it competitively long enough to, to see how much better he got. I think it was, it'd have to be confusing. Yeah, yeah. You know. really confusing yeah and the other thing is the calf wasn't used to being tied on that side so a lot of times they would fight more okay so it uh it was two strikes against you
0: and and speaking of fighting the calves well they're going to struggle when you put what's called the pig and string correct maybe describe that pig and string
1: pig and string is a smaller rope uh maybe quarter inch in diameter or something that's uh, probably six feet long. Mm-hmm. And that's what you wrap the legs up with. They uh, they have, to, the legs have to be crossed. Any three legs tied together uh, have to be crossed. And they normally put two wraps around the legs and then put what they call a hooey, which pull it back through itself. Mm-hmm. Um, like a knot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then they have to be, stay tied for six seconds after the cowboy gets back on the horse yeah the cowboy gets on the horse and puts slack in the rope okay okay six seconds the calf has to be stayed tied okay so and i'm sure at the nfr you'll see a lot of guys if they got a good calf do one rap yeah and get on the horse and pray (laughs) yeah 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 uh if the calf doesn't fight they're good if he fights it's probably 50 50 shot okay
0: because
1: if it's Good, it'll hold. But if not, if they really fight, it'll loosen up and they'll kick free. Yeah.
0: So with the calf roping, and this is the stuff that always impressed
1: me about that event. I mean, the skill of the horse is crazy. Any of event, the yeah. horsepower is. They they say it's you know seventy five percent. Well, that's crazy. Yeah. It yeah. is ninety nine percent. Okay. It, it, you know you got to have talent. To do this, but at that level, people, you know, there's always somebody that stands out there, and it's drawing the right animal. Right. That is the other equation. But these horses, they're, you know, uh, if you got the right horse with the right, is the reason these guys are world champions year after year. It's their horsepower. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't have horsepower, you might as well stay home, and it doesn't matter what size rodeo you it is. Yeah. It, it takes good horsepower to win.
0: Yeah, and and most calf ropers I know we see in the steer wrestling that it's not unusual for one or two teams to mount up a bunch of cowboys, right? And I pay mount money. Right. do Do you see that much in the in the uh, calf roping? No,
1: no. Now, I'm not saying you don't see it at all, mm-hmm. but you don't see it much because it's uh, you got a good horse, you want them for yourself. Yeah. Um, and if you you gotta know the feel of it, it's, you know. There's there's guys that can jump on and ride any horse and rope off any horse, but it, it takes it's, you gotta have communication between you and the horse, and especially stopping and backing up. You know, yep. it, it's yep. not something that just happens yep. the first run. You can get by, but it's yeah. You want your own horse. When uh, when I first took. Where did we go to New Mexico with Colton? We uh, rode other horses, and there I said, or Kerry actually said to me first, we're taking his horse next year, and I said, I agree. Mm-hmm. It does. You know, And I was always the mentality, well, if you can do it, you can do it. Right. right. But I, I, I came back with a different attitude
0: okay. from there. Okay, okay. And then one other rule, you talk about the horse backing up, so after you make the catch, you want to put the brakes on, Right and you want just the right amount of tension there, that horse cannot pull on that calf and drag that calf at all, or they're
1: going to flag you out, right? Well, no, not necessarily. There's a usually a limit, okay. you know, okay. um, and I don't know what that is, and there can be ground rules to change it, so I'm not going to say what I think it is. But uh, you, you don't want them to drag the calf because then that calf will strain and kick. Mm-hmm. So you want it to be tight, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. not... Mm-hmm. pulling the calf right you want his head to be just a little bit off the ground yep. you know it's such you know you just think about it. you want this horse to stop back up and keep that hat calf's head off the ground just enough tension where you can get this done Yep.
0: Yep. and if you ever watch a rope and you will see him at some of these rodeos somebody will catch and that horse doesn't work doesn't put any tension on that rope. And
1: yeah. man, that calf, or that cowboy, I should say, has to work so hard just to catch the calf. Yeah. And yeah, when the, the horse walks off and says, Oh, are you doing it right? Let yeah. me look here. Looks it, over your shoulder. Yeah. yeah. It's not a, not a good day. Not a good day.
0: Not a good day. You need to back up. Um, anything we've covered on there? Anything we've missed,
1: I should say, in the tie down roping? No. Um I'm just trying to think of another rule that will disqualify you, but I can't think of anything that... Uh... And, and
0: we talk about right-hand ropers getting off on the right-hand side. I do believe, trivia, if we go look at the history, Roy Cooper, Roy Cooper, who is Tough Cooper's dad, right, was the first one to do that, if I'm not mistaken. Well, everybody else prior to that was getting off on the left-hand side, ducking under the rope, and he figured out, no, I can save time. Uh, bail off on the right-hand side and go. Now, that's just what I've heard over the years. And
1: I've heard the same thing. Okay. Um, okay. He, he might not have been the first, but he was the, probably the first to perfect it. Right. and uh, First put it in the arena, right? In right. the NFR, maybe. And then everybody did it for, yeah. what was that, probably 50 years ago yeah. he started that trend. Yeah. And uh, then it went on to everybody doing it. There was a calf roper that came up several time world champion in the ira that roped left-handed and tied right-handed what was his name do you remember tom it? walker tom walker okay he, uh outstanding roper then he went on to make the nfr roping left-handed ducking under the rope and okay. tying the calves when everybody else was getting off the right so if he would have been right-handed or tied left it's hard to tell how yeah. good he was yeah Because you're almost losing a second when you duck. It sounds crazy, but you're almost losing a second ducking under that rope. So what kind of
0: times, and I know the barrier is shorter because the arena is shorter, what kind of calf
1: roping times might we see? Well, it's going to take an eight to place in the top six. Just an eight? Well, some rounds it'll take a seven. Depends okay. on the calf. Okay. okay. Somebody is going to be in the six seconds. No, let me just back up. I'm sitting. From the time I
0: nod my head, st- the watch starts when I get to the barrier. The stopwatch starts. Yeah. I've got to track the calf, catch the calf, get dismount, flank the calf, tie the calf. What they call groundwork. Yeah. Tie the calf. Throw my hands in the air. That's when the stopwatch is going to stop. And I got to do
1: all that in eight seconds or seven seconds or less, just to be in the money. Yeah, probably eight seconds to be in the money. Okay, seven to get a win on some rounds. Okay, it will take a six-second run somewhere through the weekend. You will see a sub. Uh, I, you will see a sub-seven-second run. I would put money on it. Okay, maybe not the ranch, but
0: I yeah, would put yeah. money on it. Yeah, I'll be darned. You realize when I just described it. How we what he had to do in seven seconds probably took me twelve seconds yeah, to I was describe. Yeah, say fifteen. It. probably. Yeah, yeah, probably so, probably so. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. How you know? And we talk about muscle memory and all this stuff happening. You can't think all the pieces through and to get it done in seven or eight seconds.
1: It's got to be reaction, <laughs> yeah. reaction.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Then the final event we want to, we want to, we want to get to is the cowgirl barrel racing. Uh, it is a timed event. I shouldn't say it's not a timed event. It is a timed event. We got three barrels that are going to be set up and you're going to run what is called a clover leaf pattern. So what that means is there's two barrels, one on each side. As you run in, there's one barrel on the very far end of the arena. They're set back away, uh, from the arena wall they're going to be set very specifically in their positions. So if I were to come in and knock a barrel over, they can put that barrel in exactly where it needs to go. So that when you run next, you're going to run the exact same pattern as what I just ran. So if I start to the right hand barrel first, I take that clockwise. I then go to the left hand barrel across the way, and I'm going to run that counterclockwise. And then I'm going to run up to the third barrel, and I'm going to and I'm going to do another counterclockwise around that in the left-hand direction, and I'm going to run out now. No flags, no, no timers, meaning no people. It's going to be set up with the eyes. I know right. backup. I know backup. They're right. going to be exactly. Set. okay. Exactly. But all electronic and to the thousands
1: seconds, I think. It, Not to the thousands, 100s.
0: So it's going to be a 15.23, something like that? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that would be to the hundreds.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, they, there's a marker in the ground, mm-hmm. uh, rope usually, mm-hmm. and they put the center of the barrel over that. Okay. And in uh, all three spots. So mm-hmm. it, it's mm-hmm. uh, perfectly precise, no um some associations have it on the outside so you can pull it up right i see exactly perfect the prca it's in the center well prca the wpra i'm sorry okay it's by a different sanctioning body
0: even though they're running at a prca national finals rodeo the women's pro rodeo association right is the sanctioning body is the the sanctioning body so the prca itself does not have does not offer up cowgirl barrel racing correct
1: if you do a prca rodeo you do not have to have barrel racing okay uh, okay but uh yeah it's precise and it is with electric eye mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh starts when you run through it starts, stops when you run back through it mm-hmm. very technical and needs to be because mm-hmm. they're within 100th of a second absolutely all the time uh
0: and if i knock over a barrel
1: five second penalty
0: if i knock over two 10 second penalty so five a barrel so exactly. i could go in and and wipe out all the barrels and have plus 15 no matter how fast i ran
1: yeah okay and if you go off pattern it's a no time uh, so I break racing pattern, the horse yeah. stops and goes around the barrel the wrong way or something freaky happens yeah, yeah it's a yeah it's a no time
0: okay okay um and you'll see the, they've got helpers out there that rake after every run, yes. right, try to keep the ground in as good a condition. How do they determine which cow's girl is going to run first, second, and third?
1: I don't know. Okay. It, it, it is not a random draw at it's first. Not. There might be a couple rounds it is. Uh, okay. I think the first go-round starts with the winning girl. Okay. Um, then after a few rounds, it might start with the, in the middle of the pack and then at the bottom of the pack okay I, i'm not i'm not sure how that works but there is a set way to do it
0: okay and that matters what position i run the in theory once the ground is worked up right before the barrel racing i'm running on the best ground i can run on at that point
1: that is the theory, the theory and 90 percent true okay um as it goes on the more girls you know the deeper the ground gets the harder it is for the horses to get out of it is that's precise that uh, it, you know if that takes a hundredth of, or a tenth of a second off you you've cost you money so and i i'm kind of curious they made a rule that they have to work the ground uh like after so many they they work it up so during the tv commercial i i don't you, i'm i'm curious to see what they do with the Okay. NFR, okay. If they okay. work the ground, okay, or not? Yeah. Um. But yeah, it, it's like. Say there's ten girls, they have to do it every five. If there's twelve, they might have to do it every, every six. Six. Okay. And there, there's fifteen, so they might have to do it after seven. So if I go
0: to Benton and I watch the cowgirl barrel racing, they run in the order
1: they entered. Um. It, it's a lot more. Difficult than that because you, okay. you have like a bet in different days, a different performance is how you get up. So, uh, and most of that's done computerly. Oh, so it is. Oh, it is. Okay. They might uh, put you in, they draw it through the computer when you run. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right.
0: What else do we need to cover on the Cowgirl race? Racing? Anything you can think of?
1: Uh, nope.
0: Now, we hope that you found our descriptions useful as you watch your rodeo events in 2024. We released this just a few days before we go back on the road, BTC on the road again, as we head to Guthrie, Oklahoma, to the International Finals Rodeo. I hope you watch it. I hope you attend it. And I'm hoping that some of our descriptions will be helpful as you watch that rodeo. Now, if you enjoyed our conversation, and I hope you did, and if you do, please share it with your friends. Word-of-mouth advertising has really helped us grow. If you like something in one of our shows, tell somebody about it. It's all about spreading the word. Now, if you have any questions or comments about this episode, we did our best, but please let us know. Leave us your comments on our Facebook page. You can find us on Facebook at Beyond the Shoots. Now, while we we're at the Rawhide Ranch, Sam and I recorded with some great people, and the Rawhide Ranch recordings will be coming to you over the next few weeks. To make your listening easier, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can find us on YouTube, all the major, all the major streaming uh, platforms. All you got to do is search for Beyond the Shoots and follow us. And we want to say thank you to Parasite Systems for their support of our podcast. They've been along for this ride, and we so much appreciate everything they do. They help BTC get on the road and keep moving. And Parasite System is a push-button parasitic diagnostic system for pasture animals, your horses, your cattle, your goats, sheep, and chickens. And now for your companion animals, your dogs and your cats, you can find them out at ParasiteSystems.com and remember we've got a coupon I hope you use it BTC023 for Parasite Systems and you will get 50% off your test kits we want to remind you let's test before we treat Let's, let's go hunting with the right kind of rifle and be very specific about what we're looking for you can find them at ParasiteSystems.com This is Beyond the Shoots. I was with Sam Swearingen for this episode. Until next time, this is Doug Simcox. Thank you for listening.